Well, if you would take your Bibles tonight, we're going to be looking at some different passages. And let's go over, shall we, and look uh, at the Bible provisions uh, for, I'm sorry, Bible promises for God's provision. We've talked about the fact that God's promises all across the generations, uh, Ezekiel 18, we've talked about his promises for wisdom, James 1.5, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. We've talked a little bit about for guidance, uh, we talked about last time. It's interesting to think about his promises for provision, and so let's just dive right in and uh, go into some of these. Take a look if you have your Bibles and uh, wish to, or you can put it up here on the screen. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 1, 4 through 7. Notice what he says here. He says, uh, this is the very beginning of that letter, and you know that letter addressed a number of different questions and controversies and things that were going on. He says, I thank my God always on your behalf for, note the words here, for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. Remember in the second letter, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 is the verse that we looked at last Sunday evening. He says, for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. Now look what that grace does. That in, and don't miss that word there, in everything. I mean, isn't that intriguing that he says, look, in, in everything here, you have this kind of ability. You have this opportunity. So when he says, uh, ask, the, ask yourself the question, when he talks about the grace of God which is given you, what does that really mean? Note the word everything right there. He says, you know, in everything you are enriched by him. Now, that's a really interesting way to think. Bible promises for God's provision in everything you are enriched by him. And he tells you what he means. He says, in all speech or utterance and in all knowledge. As you know, there were they put a high premium on the orators of the day. It comes out in 2 Corinthians 10 that those orators were comparing themselves with Paul. They said things like, his bodily, pre, his bodily presence is weak, his speech is contemptible, and they were trying to compare with him. Here's what Paul says to all the Corinthians. He says, you, and by the way, it's plural, ye, in speaking of the entire congregation, you are enriched by him in all utterance, speech, and in all knowledge. I mean, just think about the gifted people that we have here in our own congregation and recognize, whoa, that's really the gift of God's grace for us to be able to have these kind of teachers and these kind of preachers who uh, teach and preach to us. And he says, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that, look at this in verse 7, so that ye, plural, come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that you, you really don't come behind in anything. That is a clear indication. There are two Bible promises right there that we ought to look at and we'll, we'll categorize here in just a minute. First of all, there in verse 5 and then over in verse 7 that he's really showing us uh, here, here is what he is doing. This is what he is doing for every one of us. And so when you think about this, think about the way this is put together. So that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we can do the same thing again. Second Peter chapter 1. I hope by now this is a really familiar passage. So here's Peter writing to these believers and congregations spread out all over the place. And he gives you the list there at the beginning. He says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Jesus our Lord. Now catch this, according as his divine power 
has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That idea of all things, his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I mean, we've raised this question before, what else is there? What else, what else is there in our lives, he says, that pertains to life and to godliness? What else is there? Through the knowledge of him that called us unto glory and virtue. This is what the Lord has done. This is the way that he is at work in every one of us. So it, these are the kind of promises of provision. You feel sometimes, hey, I just don't feel, I don't feel adequate. I just, yeah, I wonder, do we, have, do we have everything we need to do God's will? And these are the kind of answers of yes. I mean, first of all, inside a congregation, inside a church, he says, in everything you are enriched in all utterance and speech and all knowledge. In other words, we have, the Lord has given us what we need as a congregation so that we've come behind in no gift. And then to recognize that he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. One of the things I'm very burdened about in this series, and I'm trying to uh, sharpen this and trying to get it down to be able to clearly communicate it, is this. That when you look at the Joy of Journaling uh, booklet that you have, and you have those those categories and those tables in there to fill out, it would be really easy to think of those as just sort of uh, generic or almost esoteric uh, attributes that are just sort of almost theoretical. Can I just point out to you that what really is going on here in the Scripture, especially in the New Testament, but I think we can see this in the Old Testament as well, it's really about putting on Jesus Christ. It, that's what it's really about. When he says, put on the armor of light, one of the comments he makes in Romans 13 is, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Wouldn't you want a way to more carefully, more uh, precisely, with uh, smaller steps to, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, this is not a, it's not a broad brush issue. It is sometimes it's very, very specific. And it comes out in verses like this when he says, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. In other words, it's because of him. It's because of who he is and, and what he is doing in each every one of us. Consider, for instance, John 10, verse 10. Uh, the Lord here is talking about uh, shepherds, thieves, uh, those kind, and that he is the good shepherd. He is the shepherd of the sheep. He says, the thief comes not but to steal and to kill and destroy. Now, catch what he says there at the end. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. What a tremendous promise. The Lord says, I have come that you could have life, and not merely just life, but life more abundantly. It sounds a lot like what we talked about on Sunday evening when we talked about God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. That's what it sounds like. And so he says, look, here's the provision I'm making for you that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That's, that's what he wants to do in each and every one of our lives. What a tremendous uh, principle to think through as you think about how he is at work. Now, 
I don't know what you thought when I began to talk about Bible promises for God's provision, but I have to tell you, as I began to do the study, I thought, well, I know there are a number of biblical principles about how the Lord will take care of us in a material fashion, how he will meet our material needs, and and I could remember several of those. I just found it interesting that as I started working through it, that first and foremost, it's he himself who is the chief provision for us so that we can have life and have life more abundantly so that we can have all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. And so if you were thinking in terms of, okay, uh, those are important, but what about the material needs? What about uh, the questions I have about hey, am I going to have enough money at the end of the month? How am I going to work through those? And this is where it really gets interesting. He says, let your conversation, the old King James word for conduct, let your conduct be without covetousness. Okay, if I am tempted to uh, to long for the, the material needs of this world and wish I had what other people had, haven't we all at one time or another been subject to that? What's the answer for that? And here I think it it comes to us again. He says, let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Now, if that's, if that's all the verse said right there, that'd be pretty, pretty important, wouldn't it? I mean, put, put off covetousness, put on contentment, but then he gets to the why. Well, Lord, why do you say that? He said, because I will never leave you nor forsake you. There it is. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The one who said, I am come to give you life and life more abundantly. The one who said, I'm giving you all things that pertain to life and godliness. The one who said, in everything, your congregation is enriched in all utterance and in all speech. He said, you're, you're coming behind in no gift. It all comes down to thinking about who he is. And as I say, I am working on ways to demonstrate this and ways to say this. I'll probably come back and devote a, an evening message to it sometime on a Sunday evening to try to um, break this down so that it is, it is super practical because I can see the concept and I can see it in a number of verses. But it really comes down to, just like tonight, if you had your supper you ate something and you chewed that something. One of the reasons that you go through this digestive process is so that ultimately you can assimilate it in, into your body, into your physical body and the fiber of your, your body, the various organs of your body. In the very same way, taking it and breaking it down to the small stuff to see if we can take hold of that, I think is very helpful. So what would you do with this tonight? Well, first of all, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 5, there you could write this in your journals, that in everything you are enriched by him, again, in, in all speech and utterance, and all knowledge, you as a congregation, how would you apply that? Well, the category is God's provision, and so specifically tonight in the Promises Journal, we are enriched by him with speech and knowledge. Do you enjoy hanging around with God's people and hearing what God's people are learning from the word? That, that's one of the greatest joys I have is just to sit and listen. Saturday morning men's breakfast or Sunday school class or something like that, just to hear 
what are people learning? What is it that they're really grasping from their recent Bible reading or something else like that? And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 7, so that you, and again it's plural here, that he's talking to the congregation, so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there are no gifts that are absent. We might say, well, wait, who is going to and do something inside the congregation? One of the comments he's making right here is that we have all the gifts that we need. So does God provide giftedness in our congregation? He absolutely does. That's one of the things he's saying that he's doing. He was doing that for Corinth. He's doing the same thing for us. How about that passage in 2 Peter 1.3? Again, according as his divine power has given unto us all things. That's a, that's, see the universal aspect of that? All things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Don't you love that idea of calling? In other words, hey, you are called to this. So in everything, everything that pertains to life and godliness this is a wonderful promise of his provision for us, that he is providing for us. What about John 10.10? 10? Well, the thief comes uh, not, not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So here's the promise of abundant life. You ever wrestle with that? It might is my life really abundant? Is my life really, am I, is it counting for anything? Am I making any difference? You know, I wrestle with that sometimes. Am I really helping? And he says, here's, here's why I came. I came not only to give you life, eternal life, but life more abundantly, life that overflows into uh, the lives of others. And of course, as we talked about Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, again, this word conversation is the word conduct. Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content. And as I say, if it were just about putting off covetousness and putting on contentment, that would be very powerful right there. But this is one of those verses that takes us from what to do all the way down to who gets the praise. What is it we're supposed to do? Well, first of all, why are we supposed to do it? Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness, be content with such things you have. Why he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It takes you down to the, the view of God that you can say this. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I, I, he's not going to do it. He's, he, he is always there. He can help us so that whatever situations we face, we don't have to face it with, I, I got to try to figure this out. I've got to go find a way to you know, get something. No, he says, no, I, I am with you always. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So God is present with you, and he will provide for your material needs as you ask for them. I think the key word there is probably needs, right? Not wants, but needs that he will provide for us in the way that he's promised to do so. So as you think about these promises of God tonight, just think about what he has really blessed us with. Uh, It would be really super easy in our Uh, world today with all of its materialism, what we talked about in Revelation 17 and Revelation 18. It'd be really, really easy to just get so focused on those things that we're like, am I even even thinking correctly? Go back with the promises of God, look at life through the lens of those promises of provision, and it makes all the difference in the world. Let's bow together for prayer, shall we? And then uh, divide up for our prayer groups tonight.
Lord, thank you for the blessing of being able to gather around these promises tonight and know, Lord, it's, it's as if we're standing on these promises, sort of like Peter walking on the water. We're standing on these promises that you've given us because we know that they're eternal. This, el- this earth is going to melt with a fervent heat. All these things will pass away, but your word stands forever. Help us tonight by faith to stand on your words, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's divide up for our prayer groups tonight.